On this episode, we discuss the movie that made Selena Gomez an action star, Getaway. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. So that was Dan McCoy, and I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin, and I'd reintroduce those guys where they just said their names. And I'm Stuart Wellington, and this is <laughs> Dan McCoy. And I'm Elliot Kalin, and over there is this is the Stuart Wellington, <laughs> the Stuart Wellington House. <laughs> Stuart Wellington um, House. In the Stuart Wellington House, we watch a bad movie. <laughs> it's a sitcom about Stuart Wellington <laughs> raising three foster children. He, he's he's <laughs> pretending that he's a gay man living with two hot babes. <laughs> That's the only way I can get. Uh, I can get extra money from the government to pay for my <laughs> Pitbull collection. <laughs> Your collection of Pitbull CDs? Rare, rare Pitbull CDs. Rare Pitbull singles and B-sides. <laughs> Recorded so, <laughs> at concerts across the U.S. of A. Right off the mixing board. So, um... So the end. Normal. <laughs> the end. Okay, see you later. <laughs> that bit's done. So this is a podcast well, called The Flop House. Flop House. Flop House. Yeah. Flop House. Here's the thing. Rated Nor- R. Normally podcast. is playing at... Here. In your ears. <laughs> Flop House. So... The end. <laughs> this, uh, this normally would be the most wonderful time of the year. We would be celebrating Cagemas. Now, yeah, it's December. Christmas is right on the corner, and Cagemas is, of course, all month long. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Dan, for some reason, you were very adamant about not celebrating Cagemas. No, 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 Cage-mas. no. Here's the thing. There's a war on Cagemas, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> who, who would we wage such a thing? It's the jolliest time of the year with the best hair. Yeah. And by best, I, w- I mean worse. I would be commenting on this, but I'm too busy nas- gnashing my teeth together. Yeah. Now, Dan, Cagemas is a time of year for all men of good yeah. faith and women to come together in peace it's... and have terrible accents and stupid <laughs> wigs. Yeah. Celebrate the works of St. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Who is best known for the miracle of still having a career. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Um, the war on Cagemas, uh, the liberal media has sure, failed cool. us by not releasing another Nicolas Cage movie that's good for the Flophouse. Surely there must be one. There There's was too one. many sheeple out there. There's literally, I looked over the IMDb page for Nicolas Cage, and we've literally <laughs> done like the last 10 <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies, <laughs> and the next one is Frozen Ground. Uh, which oh yeah, Frozen, I, the Disney movie. It's supposed to be good. No, Frozen yeah, Ground. Definitely Nicolas Cage is like a goofy snowman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's with John Cusack, Frozen Ground. It Nicholas seems Cage like it should Jr. be great. <laughs> Two Flophouse faves. Yeah. But uh, it's word like on Paper the street. Boy meets, I don't know, a Nicolas Cage movie. Mm-hmm. Word on the street, though, is that it's boring. Oh, the so Flophouse enemy. Oh, that's the kiss of Flophouse, Dad. Our arch nemesis, mm. Count Boredom. <laughs> Instead of the Mary- evil Eastern European count who's really boring. <laughs> Okay, listeners, this is called a flop house aside. This is where I take you aside and explain that the flop house hates boring movies. This is, you this is where Stuart listened. takes you aside and makes love to your ears. <laughs> hey there, I have a cold, so my voice sounds awesome. <laughs> we hate boring movies, and that's why we didn't watch On Frozen Ground. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, we st- and so we watched a really exciting movie tonight. Well, that's, right? what, that's what I'm getting to. Instead of Merry Cagemas, we say Hockey Holidays to you. Hockey holidays because we watched Ethan Hawke. Because <laughs> we watched Hudson okay. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Lady, watch Lady Hawk. Yeah. 
We watched Ethan Hawke's uh, car movie. Howard the Hawk? The Getaway. Or just Getaway, actually. It's just called Getaway. This movie was originally reported to be a remake of The Getaway, which had already been a remake of another movie called The Getaway. But no, it's just called Getaway, as in get away from this movie. (laughs) You will not enjoy it. Uh, But it's it's not related to The Getaway at all. It's just Getaway. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like an updating, like the way the Fast and the Furious sequel was called Fast and Furious, or yeah. the way that the Godfather sequel was called Godfather, or the, the way Furies. that, uh, strangely enough, Jurassic Park sequel was called Jurassic the Park. Yeah, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. And the sequel to Attack the Block was Attack Block. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the was extraneous. And then the sequel to Ladies and Gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains was Lady and Gentlemen's Fabulous Stains. <laughs> People hate the word the these days. Used to be necessary for every title. Now they don't want it. Howard the Duck sequel, Howard Duck. Yeah. The popular band, The The, is now known as... (laughs) Yep, that's what they're called now. Yep. I wish you could see that Dan just froze with his mouth open for a couple seconds. Yeah. Uh, Better for a visual medium. But anyway... yeah. <laughs> so I feel this is this is actually kind of in the spirit of Cagemas because Ethan Hawke is channeling his inner cage. He is very much so by traveling era. to Eastern Europe. For he an is adventure. a a very good actor who is going he to is Eastern Europe. Bangkok Euro- dangerous in this world. <laughs> no, that's not Eastern Europe. <laughs> not at all. He <laughs> is, is Bulgaria dangerous. Just like Nicolas Cage in Eastern Europe, he is Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> uh, just like Nicolas Cage, yes, he is uh, doing an action adventure movie in Eastern Europe for probably most of the budget going to him personally and is a good, very good actor wasting his talents and, on this. And seems like a, uh, an outlet for him to relive his, like, classic car fetishism. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I understand. Like, if I was, if I was a, if I was a Hollywood actor, a guy... Okay, okay. okay. now what, what's, your, what's your Hollywood name? Like, uh, Johnny Starr? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chance Blasto? <laughs> Yeah, if I was Hollywood actor Chance Blasto, <laughs> and you know, like I was maybe a what, bit of what a about, heartthrob about, in my youth. What about yeah, that makes sense. Bicep meat slam. Uh, <laughs> okay, his name is Bicep. So he's an action star. <laughs> I like Chance Blasto. Okay, Chance Blasto. But if I the sci-fi porn star, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I'm entering my middle age. You know, I'm getting gaunt. I'm getting... You I'm either so, get gaunt or puffy when you're a middle-aged actor. Yeah, sure. Ethan Hawke is going gaunt. Jeans don't quite fit the same as they used to. <laughs> no. But <laughs> I willow out around the hips. You're wearing dockers of a different size. <laughs> and maybe I was a more serious actor, a more quirky actor in my youth. But now that I'm uh, you know, reaching middle age, now I want to uh, recapture some of that like youthful vigor... And I want to do like a big action movie, and I understand. Well, I gotta so say, understand. I gotta say, slap a leather jacket on, James. yeah. Put a sl- <laughs> put a leather jacket and a baseball cap on, and ride around and in a car, blasto through Bulgaria, in Bulgaria, in Sofia, Bulgaria, the only city that so sharp tongued that it deserved to bear the name of the best golden girl. <laughs> the uh, uh, so, well, I will you also say, have to grow a little little beard. Mm-hmm. Well, he's I had a little beard for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a great little Since beard. Now, if I may have an aside. It's time for another episode of Elliot's Theater-Going Adventures. Okay. Let me just say, I've seen Ethan Hawke in a number of plays now. I don't like and this reoccurring theme. He's a, he's a really great actor. Like, even in plays that are not very good that I've seen him in, he's really good. And he, I've seen plays he's directed. Like, he's a really good theater director. And so it's one of those things where it's like, he must be trying so hard not to be good in this movie because he's so non-existent and barely there. But it helps that he has very little dialogue in the movie other than like, where's my wife? 
Oh, and most of it is just him driving a car and smashing into most things. Most of it is. <laughs> <laughs> Smash, and Selena Gomez going, ah, yeah. watch out, my car. Selena yeah. Gomez Adams, that is. It's almost like Michael Winslow from the Police Academy movie showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dan, do you have us some more sound effects? Yeah, do a beep, helicopter. Beep, honk. <laughs> it's not very good. How about that? Okay, Record no. Record scratch. <laughs> Chain mail, chain mail. Horse sound. Horse sound. <laughs> crackle, crackle, fire. Explosion. So this is the point where you usually give some sort of synopsis. Yeah, of this is a, I'll let me I'll try to do it quick. I know I always say I'll try to do it quick and that turns into a thirty five minute rant. <laughs> but this but movie was a bunch of scenes. This is movie this is intercut a, with car chase. This movie is just a car it's chase. Like Eighty five percent car chase. And that sounds great. Like if you said to me, There's an action movie, it's a it's a lean small low budget movie with a star in Bulgaria that's eighty five percent car chase, I'd be like, That sounds great. Like it could be great, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's really terrible. And the reason for this is a lot a lot of it is in the direction and camera work, which means most of the movie is shot by digital video cameras that have just been kind of randomly placed around every object in a scene. Yeah, and it they, looks like uh taxi taxi cab confessions, the action film. <laughs> yeah, and they, they cut between them ridiculously. It's yeah, it's like if Cash Cab was like an Full action contact, movie. Contact taxi cab confessions. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, but we'll or talk a 13 about year old version of me would have liked it up until a point, and then I realized I was not going to get uh, anything really good out of it. So, yeah. we're in Sofia, Bulgaria, uh, where Ethan Hawke is playing the awesomely named former race car driver Brent Magna. Who it I sounds like has, magma, so he'd be a lava man, right? He either has lava powers or magnetic powers or both. <laughs> magnetic lava. He's a double threat, I think, is what that's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it, th- there's a montage at the beginning that uses both. The present and the past cut together to show that his wife was kidnapped while, you know, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, you know it's the past because they use black and white. <laughs> yeah, because she was kidnapped 50 years days. ago. <laughs> uh, he gets a phone call from a man only called The Voice, played by John Voight. And the voice, Green. And the voice is a competition show <laughs> in which John Voight sits in a chair and tells you to smash your car into random nonsense. Yep. And if he likes it, he turns around in the chair and I guess gets eaten by an anaconda and then thrown up. Sure. Yeah, and get winks at the audience. And winks at the audience. And then he throws a baby genius at you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he smashes his, his bust at the fucking Bratz High School. <laughs> so John Voight tells him, you're gonna you're gonna find this car in a parking garage, and it's a it's a Shelby car with a Cobra insignia on it. And you're gonna drive it around and do everything I tell you, or else I'm gonna kill your wife. And what he basically wants him to do for the most part is drive around smashing into things, mainly rum- ramming yeah, through Christmas villages. Christmas villages. Listen, let me just say this: Sophia does Christmas up right. There's Christmas all over the fucking town. Everything is Christmas. They might as well call it Christmas City, which is the name of the city in uh, Last Ounce of Courage for the last episode. <laughs> but this was the real Christmas City. It seems every tree is a Christmas tree. Every person's an elf. Every box is a wrapped gift. Every house is a Christmas house. Santa's just walking around doing his business. There's tons of them everywhere. It's a every Santa John explosion. Every is a but Grinch. I, I, I every Bulgarian I, no, is a who in Whoville. I wish they had gone, out, gone as far as saying adapted from The Grinch Who Stole Christmas <laughs> by Dr. Seuss. But no, it's not. I also want to say that this is another like 12 round situation where eventually we don't want to spoil it too fast but eventually we'll get to what the voice's actual plan is but before that he puts him through so many hoops where it's just like wow 
you are making it very hard on your own plan. But every, like the guy could die before this, yeah. he could get arrested. Every hoop like, is every hoop is go sh- drive through a thing yeah. or get in a car chase with the police. Hey, it, it feels smash like- into that truck carrying a bunch of water bottles. Yeah, never did for I. No reason. Well, he's literally saying like ram into that, drive over that thing, go down those stairs. <laughs> it feels, smash it over feels that like thing. A, like a Grand Theft Auto mission. Every yeah. single fight. Fo- it like, doesn't even feel like five, a mission. It feels like when I would get bored of Grand Theft Auto and just drive around running over people and be like, okay, now. I'm going to steal a fire truck and just run around and see when the police catch me. Without the visceral thrill of running into that (laughs) fire truck and watching it explode. Yeah. I I have to say, I never thought I'd be watching a movie and say, I miss the clockwork plotting and sharply drawn characters of 12 rounds. (laughs) A movie which is mainly John Santa destroying the parts of New Orleans that Katrina didn't get to. Yeah. Like, this, it's like... 12 Rounds looks like a really good movie next to this. Like, the rounds are different competitions. You've got Karketi as the villain, and he's, like, doing funny stuff sometimes. John Santa says things, unlike Ethan Hawke, who just kind of mumbles stuff every now and then. Yeah, and the villain has, like, a clear motivation, and he it wants, isn't just some yeah. kind of vague thing. Well, the thing is, he wants revenge on John Santa, and it turns out he wants to rob a bank. So, like, there's a primary motivation that, that you know, and you there's know a secondary that, yeah. motivation that you don't know about. Here... The second, the only motivation you don't really know, you just know that his wife is going to die if he doesn't do the things. Meanwhile, Selena Gomez shows up. She's known only as the kid, according to mm-hmm. Wikipedia, and she's like, uh, I guess. And boy, was, does she look like one? She, as I get, Elliot pointed like, out, I've never really seen stuff with Selena Gomez in it, and you just see like links on Huffington Post that are like Selena Gomez bikini pics. And watching this, she looks like she's like twelve and a half. Like so, she's got like a really, she's got like a baby face. It's really creepy. She's like a chipmunk face. She's got a little baby fat, puffy cheeks. Yeah, you know, you know, make her feel bad. I'm not. No, just, I yeah. mean, I know that. Take that, Selena Gomez. You do not that. have a shot with Dan McCoy. I know that Dan McCoy I, is out of your league, Selena Gomez. I know that. Go back to Justin Bieber. She listens because Dan all McCoy, the time. Dan McCoy is saying you are an uggo. <laughs> He's, he not. only goes for tens, and you're a two. Not. Oh, wow, a two. <laughs> Dan said it, not bottom me. Bottom of the barrel. Huh? I'm quoting Dan McCoy. Well, one would be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, or I guess a zero, which like would be what, like a man? man. Yeah. I mean, I, that seems homophobic. <laughs> there's, cer- to me. there's certain men well, but for you're Dan not that gay. are fives and six. There's certain men out there that, you know, like, yeah, sure. Well, like who, Dan? Like Stuart? I'd say that, you know, like Harrison Ford in his prime. In his so prime, Stuart. not anymore. That's at least a six, even even for a heterosexual So, what, like a Paul, yeah, because like Paul Newman is like a ten. Oh, man, that, man. that guy, that is a handsome Even when man. he was old and all gravelly voice. Yeah. And you have financial security with him, so sure. it's cool. <laughs> it's true, because of his popcorn and salad dressing <laughs> empire. A Michael Fassbender, that's a handsome guy. He's exactly. very handsome, yeah, and yeah. you checked him out in shame, you know he's sure. got the goods. <laughs> you know that he's packing heat, and by heat I mean a big penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the movie The Heat was about, right? Yep. Yeah. And that movie Heat with Al Pacino penis. and Robert De Niro? Yep, it's a license to thrill with his penis. <laughs> if looks could thrill. Anyway, so... Uh, so yes, they can in the case of The Heat, so it tur- starring Robert De Niro <laughs> and Al Pacino. It's not The Heat. Uh, so Selena Gomez is the owner of the car, and she tries to carjack it from Ethan Hawke, but fails. And Ethan Hawke is told by the voice, now she has to stay with you because she can't mess up our plan. Uh, and Selena Gomez is a car expert and a computer whiz. And so but she uses, not a carjacking expert. Not a carjacking expert, no. And she's using her cell phone and her iPad to eventually help Ethan Hawke 
turn the tables on John Voight. Let's just cut but it she's short. She's one of those, like, you know, she's one of those uh, teenage, those hot teenage women uh, gearhead hackers that we've been hearing so much about these Yeah, days. well, you know, like your Megan Foxes in the Transformers mm-hmm. movies. or your uh, Angelina Jolie in the movie Hackers. Yeah, your girls yeah. with the dragon's <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> yeah, your, uh, your uh, what, Jam in the Holograms? Was she a hacker? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, right? That's how she glows, Your right? neuromanstresses. <laughs> <laughs> your Mona Lisa overdrives. You know, the, those things. Yeah. Your Mona Lisa smiles. <laughs> you know, this, what? Mona Lisa smiles, no computers in okay. it. It's set like 1857 or something. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it turns out that Selena Gomez is the daughter of Sofia Bulgaria's largest bank. And, oh, I love uh, her on Modern Family. <laughs> and they're going to upload, they, they go, the Vo- John Voight tells them, to go to a an electricity transformer and it explodes. It explodes, <laughs> uh, but they're framed for it, I guess. It blows up real good. Uh, and then they. It turns out that they want to that uh, John Voight wants to steal something at the bank. The assets are being the assets are in a computer, and because of the electricity shutdown. The computer is being moved via a truck to a safer location. Yeah. So that's when they're moving it in the truck. His motorcycled henchmen, who it seems could have done all this without Ethan Hawke, yep. uh, show up and steal the computer. But Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez— Before they do that, they show up, fire a bunch of machine guns one-handed on their, um, what, like motorbikes? Yeah, or, motorcycles. Yeah. Excite bikes? Or motorcycles. But it's one of your classic diehard scenarios where the what what appears to be what's what's going on— is actually just a distraction. It's all yeah, it's, misdirection. Yeah, it's now like the prestige. The, for yeah. the big heist that's happening. Yeah, and then yeah. they slap some bombs on the armored car that look like the game Simon, the memory <laughs> game. But yeah. they explode. They, they explode. The game doesn't explode. The game Simon only explodes Simon. if you lose 35 times in that, a row. <laughs> Parker Brothers recalled all the Simons that exploded. Yeah. In the 70s. Social Darwinism is what it's called. <laughs> it's called. I mean, if you waste your time with Simon, then you're probably... <laughs> You're not contributing a lot. Ooh, Simon Burn. <laughs> I mean, I, pl- I spent plenty of time playing it when I was Fuck kid. Fuck you, game from back in the late 70s, early 80s. Black and white times. Yeah, so. old times. Anyway, so but it turns out Selena Gomez and Nicolas Cage have turned the tables on the on John. Did you Boyd. say Nicolas Cage or Ethan Hawke? I did say Nicolas Cage because I wanted it to be <laughs> Nicolas Cage so badly. Because I love Cage Miss so much. It's my favorite time of the year. So Ethan yeah. Hawke's going to be Nicolas Cage for the rest of this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I might call him Nicolas Cage. You know it's Ethan Hawke. I wanted to be Nicolas Cage. One really of them's badly. a date breaker. One of them is a date did you say maker. A, a date breaker. <laughs> yeah, is in day breakers. Yeah, date breakers. A date the breakers movie where he breaks up dates. Where Ethan Hawke makes plans and He's then like breaks them at last minute. <laughs> Don't make plans with Ethan Hawke. He ruins appointments. Do you think uh, Nicolas Cage would be more or less creepy co-starring with Selena Gomez? Oh, certainly. I know less because he's he's co-starred with kids and young women before. Yeah. Whereas Ethan Hawke. Uh, doesn't establish himself that way yet, I feel like. So he seems at any moment like he might suddenly start be, uh, hitting after, on Selena Gomez. What, after midnight was mm-hmm. the movies in? Before midnight. But what happens after midnight? Uh, he has sex with Julie Delphi, I guess. <laughs> that makes sense. After they have their topless argument. Uh, spoiler alert. If you want to see Julie Delphi topless and a pretty realistic portrayal of what a married couple's argument looks like <laughs> before midnight. Or don't look now. Yeah, or don't let's well you don't see Julie Delpy, you'll see Julie Christie topless in that. It's a Julie. And also Donald Sutherland totally starkers. <laughs> and murderous dwarf. Spoiler. <laughs> and alert. Come and, on. and murderous dwarf Tin Conway as dwarf. <laughs> what if it turned out at the end and told you that it was dwarf? Dwarf on murder. I told you to learn to learn golfing. <laughs> 
would be so great if Tim Conway just waddles away. <laughs> it's Tim Dorf Conway. No, Dorf Tim look Con- now. Conway's standing in a trench, slashing Donald Sutherland. As, as as Harvey Corman just lo- watches, laughing, <laughs> just cracking up. Dorf look now. <laughs> Certainly one of Nicholas Rogue's most un- underrated films, starring Tim Conway as the murderous Dorf and Kiefer Wait, Sutherland he's, he's as Donald Sutherland. Now? Yeah, it's his story. Dude, honestly, he was the star. The dwarf is the star of the original. There's no movie without the dwarf. Without him, it's just a scene of of Donald Sutherland having sex with his wife and then brushing his teeth nude, and beautiful shots of Venice. That dwarf makes it a movie, and that dwarf's name is Dorf. So I guess that just like uh, I don't understand the Academy's uh, organization, how they would organize a best actor versus supporting actor. Well, the, but clearly Dorf wins best actor in perpetuity. Yeah, his thing is usually it's about screen time for the most part. But when the when the pivotal role is that pivotal, you know, sure. for the three seconds of screen time, he really would win best actor. Yeah. yeah. Tim Conway's, but he would win it as Dorf. That's the thing. It wouldn't say best actor Tim Conway. It would say best actor Dorf. Oh, that's going to be tough. That he has to live in that. Yeah, he also won best live action short subject for Dorf on fishing, <laughs> <laughs> and best documentary for the making of Dorf on fishing. Now I know what you're saying Dorf on fishing is a short subject, but the making of is a full length documentary. Yes, exactly. It was three hours long. And it was released to theaters. Yeah. Some people say that, uh, much like Heart of Darkness, it really is as good as the movie that it's about. Anyways, Hearts that's of Darkness, right? Hearts of Darkness, yeah, sorry. Heart of Darkness is the original story. Hearts I was just, Atlanta. I was getting that out of the way before somebody emails us complaining. <laughs> oh, which they will. I ne- I'll never hear the end of how I got Gizmoduck's code word wrong. Because a you, thing, you des- you a thing I literally haven't that. heard in, let's say, 25 years. Well, we'll uh, we're expecting your resignation to both your job, your wife, and the Flophouse. Oh, I just got a new job and a new Flophouse. <laughs> you resigned to your wife. I'm sorry, honey. Um, here's my letter of resignation. My letter of resignation. I got something wrong about Gizmo Duck. You did the right thing, honey. <laughs> I'm unhappy that it ended this way, but we can't stay married. So anyway, but it turns out Ethan Hawke, I was about to say Nicolas Cage again. Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez have tricked John Voight. Using the old speed trick, they loot. See, there's the thing. John Voight has all these cameras mounted in the car so he can watch them from every angle at all times. Okay, so we, the audience, can watch shitty, like, video Car footage. chases mm-hmm. shot by DV from the side of a car, or at one point, a camera behind the gear shift. Yeah. So that you're seeing, it's like having an obstructed view seat at, a, the, at the giant Ethan Hawke show. Yeah, you want to pay, how much does a movie cost nowadays? Like, like $75. Yeah. Okay, so you go to spend a uh, Spend that much movie uh, money on a movie, movie on a money. Who cares? You spend that much movie. You have to. Pay. <clears throat> Movies are so expensive now that you have to pay with a movie. You now, made. when you want to watch a movie that's all shot on somebody's fucking cell phone, I don't think not so. at all. Unless well, we it was just called basically did. Unless it was called selfies shot by famous Hollywood actresses with no clothes on the movie. No, but that's the thing. Like apparently, America. It's a feature length. Film? Apparently, it's America. A feature, it's it's a documentary. Best documentary. Okay. It actually lost to. The making of Dorf on Fishing, <laughs> but it was very close. It won the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. It was Arts like, fishing. what, seven to six? What, how did, was, what's the voting yeah, like? Seven to six. The 13 member Council of Oscar Elders. <laughs> sure. The Galactic Jedi Council that votes on Oscar movies. Oddly enough, the 13th chair is uh, kept uh, vacant for yeah. one of, I guess, an for, old one. Or? For the chosen one, yeah, exactly. when, he, when he was finally born. No, you keep looking at me as if I... You were going to say something. No, I know, but it doesn't seem important now. I was just like, okay. America's insatiable desire, apparently, for movies that look like their home videos. Yeah, well... Like, 
It's, I, it's cheap to they make. They want to feel I mean, like they could make a movie. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's cheap, cheaper to make. Yeah, and, movies. They're just like us. And Dan, yes. I hate to break it to you, a lot of Americans cannot tell the difference between video and film. In the same way what? that, like, my wife cannot tell the difference when our TV is on the right or wrong aspect ratio, <laughs> even though everyone looks like squat toad men. Yeah, it's how uh, it's how like George Lucas doesn't think CGI looks fake, exactly. or Sylvester Stallone thinks. Uh, CGI bullet hits is just what? as good as there's a lot of people where, whose eyes are not a, don't have the sophisticated eye palettes that yeah. ours have. Whereas I see two seconds of a, a TV that is set to motion smoothing and, and it I, looks my awful. brain explodes. Yeah, I'm like how can you watch this? But here's luckily the, your brain comes back together and we can make a podcast. You know how in Being John Malkovich there's a scene where where the the chimps memory we see it and it's shot on video and how brilliant that is that he literally uses a different format for the memory of an animal. There's a lot of people who didn't pick up on that yeah. subtlety. They're just like, okay, yeah, now this is also shot on the same thing, you know. So this if, is to, been, to tell the difference between this video has been and, three superior assholes <laughs> saying, well, "Fuck tell, you, America." To tell the difference between video and film, it has to be like a Faulty Towers episode, <laughs> yeah. where it's the where it's video and then it goes to like 16 millimeter on the outside. Oh, so you're outside. It's like, the outside world is shot in film for some and reason. A, I remember as a kid not knowing that those were the reason for that, but being like, "Why does the outside look different in England?" <laughs> it's almost like the difference between tasting a deli- uh, like knowing the difference between a delicious American microbrew beer and then a glass of hobo diarrhea. <laughs> oh, the Hobo Diaries, the hit show. <laughs> That's the thing. They can't tell the difference. Okay, so luckily we can with our eyeballs. So the bad guys are stealing the computer with the bank money on it. But what they didn't know is that uh, Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez. Again, I was almost in Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez have d- pulled the old speed trick and looped some tape of them in the car. So the old helps. speed trick is not the the one where you slam on the brakes and grab the girl's boobs, right? Uh, no. I think he does that at one point, though, right? I don't think so. Oh, I'm going to imagine. He in this continue. movie or in Speed? In Wait. <laughs> Wait, this isn't called speed? No, the, no. The speed trip trick is when you're you're driving a bus and you're eating popcorn. You put the popcorn okay. over your penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes it so much harder because the bus is jostling. Yeah. And you're worried it might jostle your penis through the popcorn. Yeah. And but then that's what's once it's out in the it. open, you know. Yeah, because when you jostle danger. a thing is, of popcorn, is, is the, penis is, is the, the feeling of <laughs> hot popcorn <laughs> jumping up and down on your penis. Because, of course, that's a pleasurable sensation. Everybody loves that. <laughs> You know what? Why like a you, hot popcorn massage. Why don't you try it at home? Just take some burning cinders out of the fire and just going to sprinkle them on your penis. Yep, because you're in like a fucking meat hall. Go to the heart. Stop and... drinking grog for a moment. Put down that bar wench. Go go to where the where the huge boar is roasting on a spit and take out some cinders from the fire. Lift up your kilt. Yep, you're listening to us, the scalds, sitting around the hearth fire. And you'll be scalded if you do that to your penis. Anyway, so he pulled the old speed trick of looping from the movie speed, looping the video so it looks like they're just driving around. Selena Gomez and Ethan Hawke show up, they steal the money computer, and then there's like another car chase showdown, and eventually the good guys win, except it turns out... Yeah, instead of editing techniques, they just throw in... They just throw in car chases, Yeah, right? and they're going to meet up to hand off the bank stuff to John Voight in exchange for Ethan Hawke's wife. The bank stuff's the money computer. The money right? computer. The police show up. Uh, it seems like John Voight has has driven away with Selena Gomez kidnapped. Ethan Hawke chases him for a long time. That is a great scene, though. The scene where the, the cops lock down the bad guys, and Ethan Hawke and then Selena Gomez is whisked away by evil baddies. 
And Ethan Hawke just wanders over to his awesome car and drives and away. Drives and the away. cops are like, I'll allow it. Yeah. We, you've, been dr- you've been literally... We've uh, been chasing you Terrorizing all night. The, country, the, like, the whole town. <laughs> no, terrorizing the country. Yeah, different <laughs> different cities. He just show up and strike. Yeah. But he's a, been like a nationwide driving, manhunt. He's driving through Christmas City, <laughs> smashing up everything that he sees. And we he's built like, well, this well. city on Christmas. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, no, he's, sure he's got a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like in Bulgaria they have a limit to the number of people they can arrest at any one time. <laughs> like, oh, four people, got to throw one back. You know, this one's not big enough. Wait till next season. I will say, and I thought I thought you were going here. I thought you were having a rare moment of, um, you know, genuineness. I, do, I never have those. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, the irony I, have clo- I have to cloak everything in irony, lest I show my delicate exter- interior. The chase at the end of this movie is the <clears> closest <throat> thing they have to a good chase because yes. a lot of it is done in one single unbroken shot. What's well, a point of view shot of Ethan Hawke's car as he's chasing what, what you think is John Voight's car? It turns out at the end it's just an old man who looks kind of like John Voight. It turns out John Voight the entire time has been speaking via phone, sat- satellite yeah, phone that, from, that, it's from old, America. It's, it's the character Pumpkinhead yeah. from the series Pumpkinhead. <laughs> And the bad guy gets away and the with bad it. Guy gets it. And John Voight's like, thanks for helping me. It's like, wait, but I thought you lost. Whatever. So John Voight wins, and it turns out he was a fan of Ethan Hawke as a race car driver. And Ethan Hawke could have been great, he thought, if only he could get over his fear, I guess. So he feels like he did him a service by making him do all this stuff. But anyway, so but there's this last car chase, and there's one unbroken shot from the point of view of Ethan Hawke's car following John Voight's car, or the, the bad guy's van. And it's the only good shot in the whole movie. Yeah, maybe like it's a little bit of you. You get a tiny bit of a less sophisticated, less skillful version of what makes Children of Men so good. Like when they would do all those scenes in one take, and it would there was a real visceral sense of something. Well, I mean, happening. like I also rewatched uh, Death Proof recently, uh-huh. and I mean, I I always feel like an old man like railing against the future when I say this, but like, but if- flying cars, not in my no way, <laughs> robot butlers. <laughs> But it, like, Dogs running on floating treadmills? The thing is, if you actually do when something... When I was a boy, we had sex with women, not robots. If you actually What do, I'm saying is, hand me that robot. If you actually Svedka Vodka, sexy robots, please. What's her number? Where can I find her? Because I like a woman with no hair and exposed metal. I want a robot that has a butt, and the rest of it's just robot. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, if you actually... That's part of the essentials collection. do something... <laughs> If you actually stage a stunt for the camera and like film it at length, and you actually like the, there's a physical reality to what you're doing. No, it's better. It will be much more exciting. That's why Road Warrior is still an amazing movie, and like I guess the Fast and Furious movies are fun, but they're just not at the same level. Mm-hmm. And when and when you look at any of the background around Getaway, they clearly spent a lot of money on on cars, on, on and car cars. chases, they and like they spent so much money, like. Apparently, they even created a fucking junkyard of cars, and you would like it's almost a disservice to all the stuntmen yeah. that worked in this, none of whom got injured. But it's there's, cut into like such complete it's, it's gibberish. It's shot and cut so poorly that like yeah, a lot of probably really good stunts get lost. It's not not to be like hyperbolic, but it's almost like taking. But it's worse than Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like taking great. It's like great vocal performances or any performances and just chopping them up, like seeing a great performance of Shakespeare and then overly editing it so you can't you can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Like these stuntmen put all that work into it and they basically just shat all over them. Yeah. 
I mean, like that was one of their entire that was one of that was say. one of the stunts to be shit on too. <laughs> uh, you can do car stunts, great. Motorcycle stunts, great. Uh, will you let someone shit on you? Yeah. It's technically a stunt. <laughs> I see your in your uh, special skills section of your resume. It says scat. <laughs> so. Now is that jazz singing or is that poop? Poop, great. Let's talk. I thought so. It was all in capitals for some reason. <laughs> Now, you're an MC scat cat. Does that mean you're into Shiza play? No, 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 no jazz singing. Never mind. Forget it. I'm calling the wrong cat. No, oh, your brother is is into it, though. DC scat cat. Whatever you have written under objective is all in windings. Uh, why do you do that? Did I say windings or said, winding reference? Because of wind, yeah, here, wind here. Dixie. It's in, you've wind, typed wind it in Dixie. Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> Everything is in Nicholas Winding Refn, so it's all pregnant just pauses and turnarounds. Guys looking at stuff and then punching someone Shocking to death. Violence. <laughs> uh, Amazing. When's he making another movie? I don't know. Soon, another I hope. One, please. Uh, but anyway, there's a couple. So this movie is it's like 85 percent poorly edited car car chases. Uh, at the end, the bad guy gets away, which I guess sets it up for a sequel. But yeah, I think please. my favorite moment in the whole movie is in the beginning. Uh, John Voight is calling Ethan Hawke to explain what just happened, and he says, "Your wife has been." Taken, and there's like a moment where your wife has been taken, and it's almost like the movie pauses to be like, "Get it? Remember, like the movie you liked, the successful movie? We're doing that." Anyway, John Voight uses a voice that is part Dracula and part Bane and part Werner Song, but uh, it's it's you can tell John Voight had a great time because most of the movie is of his shooting was probably was sitting in a bar drinking a martini while doing this crazy voice. There's one mo- Please, there's one moment. Please, it's time for you to crash into another scene. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, ram into that one. <laughs> there's a great shot of him eating a martini olive that just reminded me of an even better shot of John Noble eating uh, tomatoes in Return of the King. So <laughs> I remember that shot. Yeah, it's all gross. <laughs> there's a lot of mouth acting from John Voight. <laughs> yeah, it's all mouth acting. Yeah. You, and you, it's great. You only see his full face at the end. You see just his chin and his mouth before that, and I wonder, or like his back. And, and I wonder, he hasn't shaved recently, so that looks cool. <laughs> and I wonder if it was supposed to be like a surprise, <laughs> like oh, that was John Voight the whole time. That voice that sounded just like John Voight, and the chin that looked like John Voight's chin, that was John Voight. Remember him? He was in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Remember yeah. that's his big Remember credit. him? Yep, not the movie he won an Academy Award for. Dad. Coming home. Remember him from Anaconda? He's an Anaconda expert. <laughs> yeah, him from Runaway Train. Uh, like there, no, there was. Like, Why there was did you a, say Runaway Train so quietly? Like you were ashamed of it? Yeah, did you watch it by yourself? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you masturbate to it? But it's, it like, was it like the time I watched Tomcats by myself and was like looking around to make sure nobody was saw that me with watching? Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And not Jeremy O'Connell, his much more successful non-existent brother. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, so this is a this is a movie that um, that barely exists. It's like a demo. Re- I was saying to Dan, it felt like I was watching the demo reel for the handling of the Shelby Cobra. You know, it's like a it looks yeah. like a car demo reel that's poorly made. It looks like somebody filmed Ethan Hawke going to like stunt driving school. Yeah, basically, and it seems like Ethan Hawke probably had a great time making it because it was oh, just yeah. stunt driving all day. Got paid to do it. Got to spend time in beautiful, cloudy Bulgaria around Christmas time. Yeah, and uh, and he got to work opposite Selena Gomez, who's an acting powerhouse. <laughs> Amy Adams, hang up your acting chops. He's like, can we go back and re-edit the the uh, after midnight, the, the before sunrise movies to put Selena Gomez in instead of Julie Delpy because she's got chops. I'm sorry. I gotta um, say, I did not walk away thinking Selena Gomez was the future of film acting. No. She but a spring breaker? She was a spring breaker. But not a date breaker, because that's Ethan Is she Hawk. like a high school's musical? 
She. What is she from? I don't know. Is she like a Degrassi or an iCarly? Uh, She was not. (laughs) Listeners, write in and tell Elliot what the answer is. Is she a Wizard of Waverly Place? (laughs) She was not one of the high school musicals. The Spring Breaker, who was a high school musical, was Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. Oh, yeah. Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Uh, But, but, so what was she, what was Selena Gomez in besides the Adams Um, family? Is she a rug rat? (laughs) Yeah. Was she a Doug? (laughs) Is she a Ren and Stimpy? I'm glad we covered all three cartoons that came out as the same. The batch original, of cartoons. the original Nicktoons. She or was what in about the, the expansion? Movie. Was she a Rocco's <laughs> Modern Life or an Ad Real Monsters? She was in the movie <laughs> Selena starring J Lo. Oh, okay, Is she a cat dog. <laughs> um, she, she was a. Uh, what was? Is it? she in all that? Yeah, she's in all. Is that. she a Good Burger? <laughs> she's a Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Is she a Wienerville? <laughs> all right. Is she a Pinwheel or a Today's Special? <laughs> Let's Nickelodeon shows come I on. Think of I some only more. got to watch Pinwheel when I would uh, stay home sc- from school sick. Yeah, but I wasn't sick. I just wanted to stay home and watch Pinwheel. Yeah, you had Pinwheel fever. That's what you shit. were sick with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so uh, what's this movie? Drive Angry. Yeah. <laughs> get away. Get to the, this is a really forgettable generic this a, movie. This is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like, Stuart. Uh, I'm gonna say a bad bad movie. It. Uh, it, like I think it could have been a good bad movie, but they spent so little time on the actual like dialogue sequences and the just the reliance on like the 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 shitty video cameras that are taped to the outside of the car. I'm gonna agree with Stuart here. This had the potential to be a good bad movie, but the car chases were just too monotonous and not well done. And there's that it was like 15 <clears throat> 20 minutes of plot expanded to an hour and a half. It's a bad, bad movie. No, I agree. It's a bad, bad movie. It's... Maybe if Nicolas Cage had been in it. If Nicolas Cage had been in it, it would have elevated And he had brought definitely. one of his like wacky, wacky performances as opposed to sedate performances. Instead of Bangkok Dangerous, if he had like uh, if he had bad lieutenant all over the place, yeah. oh, I would have loved it. If he was like, ah, ah, eyes bugging out, waving his hands around, punching Selena Gomez for no reason. Hey, Dan and Stuart, I'm not wearing a shirt. Do you have a good idea for how I can solve that problem? What happened to your old shirt? I don't know. Maybe a fire or a bear attack. Let's stick with the problem. I am shirtless. How do I solve it, Dan? Why don't you buy a Flophouse t-shirt? It has your face on it. That sounds like a great idea. In case I forget who I am, I can look at the shirt. Can people who don't have my face also buy this shirt? Look, I don't care anymore what happened to your original shirt. Anyone can buy this new t-shirt from the Flophouse. It's for $25.00. You should wear it. It feels really good on your skin. And yeah. where do I buy it from? You can go to Estoy Merchandise. <laughs> yeah, EstoyMerchandise.com sounds like a good name. Not like what you said, which sounds stupid. EstoyMerchandise.com, let me buy one. doodly doodly do. A couple weeks later. Hey, this shirt feels great, and now I don't have the cold on my nipples anymore. Thanks, guys, for your great advice. The Flophouse t-shirt at EstoyMerchandise.com. Can I have one too, Elliot? You buy it yourself. <laughs> so uh, before we get to letters, I just want to uh, apologize. Announce the winner. Of the hot dog, we have a wiener. He's the house cat. Arthur's theme. Arthur's theme contest. Music video contest. This was a music yeah. video contest to make a music video to accompany the song of the autumn, mm-hmm. which means that the song's time is over. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's the house cat. Parentheses Arthur's theme created by Stuart Wellington and nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Wellington and Alex Smith. <laughs> the winner is friend of the flop house. Friend of the good friend of the flop house. Mister Dan, last name withheld. 
Wait, Dan McCoy? Of the um, animated version. Uh, if, you, if you've seen the videos, his was the weird, like, Ralph Bakshi-esque uh, animated freakout. Be more dismissive of the it. One yeah, gets... Dan, he won a contest and he put a lot of work I, into it. It's not it. dismissive. I'm just trying to well, be descriptive. Apl- I'm going to say I'm going to give a round of applause guess, to Dan for winning. I guess around these parts of Ralph Bakshi freakout is, yeah. is a pretty it, big is a compliment. compliment yeah, yeah. I will I'm ha- just saying it gets it gets creepy at the end. It does, it? but I was I, I mean, I was impressed with a number of the entries. There was a lot of great entries and a bu- it was a really hard choice, which is glad, why I'm glad we didn't have to choose it. It was decided via vote. And uh, but his, I was impressed by the end when m- multiple people were credited for like animation help. And I was like, wow, a lot of like people put a lot of work into this. Yeah, it I'm, looks I'm, really professional. As and as good as the, the person who said all the stuff that's in the song, yeah. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. Like I was genuinely, I was almost embarrassed at how little I feel I cont- uh, contributed to what these people put together. So like, I think it's great stuff. Everyone who submitted is a winner. In the in the way that they created really exciting and and impressive work, so right. everyone should feel like a winner. But in a larger, more literal sense, there is one winner, and, and it's if Dan. Have, if you haven't had a chance to check them out, please check them out. They're on our website. Yeah, they're, but, they're um, fantastic. I've already emailed the the winner uh, about uh, his winnings. The, his winnings, which um, is what did he win? What was the prize? Uh, Flophouse t-shirt ooh, in the size of his choice and he gets yeah. to pick the movie he gets right? to pick a movie that we will discuss <laughs> no, he gets one size in the future. <laughs> extra small and he's got to put it on in front of a bunch of girls <laughs> yeah and then he has to flex he jokes has- on you he's Stuart little sized and he is ripped <laughs> <laughs> so that shirt fit perfectly <laughs> But he Hulkamaniated out of it, so we need another one. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, and he gets to choose the movie. So, think of your movie choices. Uh, get three possibilities together because Dan is a big stickler, and he's always no. like, nah, did he, did he "Not pick? that one." Nah, not he has that not one. picked yet. I, the, the the fact that I try to get uh, multiple okay. choices is more about the fact <laughs> that sometimes there's a question of availability, sometimes there's a question of. Whether we've all seen something yeah. already, so we won't, and we won't be and watching this movie for for a little bit for reasons that we won't get. And into if you're looking now. to yeah. if you're looking to influence him, please do not kidnap his wife and then make him drive around for a while to because pick it will your be boring. <laughs> it will be so boring. Um, but and now it'll destroy Christmas. Now we can finally get into everyone's favorite segment. Yeah, letters from listeners. Letters from listeners. Everyone's favorite segment is this. Letters from listeners. Don't boo or hiss. It's your favorite segment because you wrote the letters and we're going to read them. You should know what's in them already, so maybe we don't have to read them. We'll just answer them. Okay, here's one with questions. Number one, the answer is yes. Number two, the answer is blue. Number three, the answer is no. Number four, the answer is you. The answers are there for the questions you asked so that you know what the things are now. Letters from listeners, listeners for letters. Listen to letters, Dan, as Dan reads them out loud. Be in the crowd, out in the cloud. Dan reads the letters <laughs> out enough. loud. I think that's enough. The All end. Right. Okay. So well, this is a good long one, huh? Yeah, it could have been longer. Dear Daniel, Elliot, and Stewart. Dear Daniel, Elliot, no, and Stewart. No. Danielle? Can you get my parents Dear back together? Daniel. <laughs> Elliot and Stewart. All I want for Christmas is a family. No. <laughs> Will you be mine? <laughs> no, it. we have families Let of our read. own. Is this written by a puppy? <laughs> I <laughs> was. Interesting. They changed to his native tongue after. He says first paragraph. 
I was I was transcribing the flop house. I was transcribing the flop house into a series of meticulously detailed marble notebooks that I store in my evidence dungeon. When I heard Elliot mention that a movie would be would have been much better if it had been called Catch That Kid. This jogged <laughs> This jogged something deep within the recesses of my diseased mind. A quick IMDB search revealed that this typical bit of flophouse bullshit was in fact an actual movie. Yeah, there is a movie called Catch That Kid. Released in 2004. Yeah. Catch That Kid starred Kristen Stewart, <sighs> Jennifer Beals, and Max Thoreau. And is described as a family comedy crime caper about a girl and her is two friends. Isn't he the great great grandson of Henry David Thoreau? I don't know. It's just no, spelled I don't differently. Think so. Who rob a bank to finance a cure for her dying father? How could this be? I wondered. Aloud to the headless mannequins I had seated around my dining room table. <laughs> There's no kid to be caught. <laughs> had the flophouse inadvertently predicted this kid the is past? right for the catching. <laughs> I never retrieved the answers I was seeking, however, because suddenly a team of FBI agents broke the door down and started shouting at me to put my hands where they could see them. And here, so here I sit. That's Flophouse Buddy investigating. Writing this <laughs> in my cell in Erwin's supermatched prison, high above the Pacific Wait, Ocean. Erwin's Erwin's supermatched prison is that? Isn't she from The Hobbit or something? Lord of the Rings. Uh, no, you're totally wrong. <laughs> Who's Erwin then? Well, I don't says, know. We just made this hold up. Hold on. He says, that's Can't no... probably mispronounce. Hold on! <laughs> he says... Dan's so mad, yeah. That's nowhere spelled backwards. Oh. And the same prison featured in the that's John Travolta and Nicholas Cage movie, Face Off. Oh, right, with the electromagnetic boots and the Nature Channel shows. One last question before lights... And Joe lights... Bob Briggs is in it. One last question before <laughs> lights out. Is Stuart really that devastatingly handsome in person? Love, Jeremy, last name withheld, a.k.a. the Butcher of Battle Creek. Um, Let me answer that one. No, he is a total two on Dan's scale. I am a He's two, a Selena yeah. Gomez. Yep. No, Stewart on is on a scale of hottie to naughty. I'm closer to naughty. No, no, You're Stewart's right. a total hottie or a th a don naughty. So, uh, in order Battle of Creek, does that mean you're from goes, Michigan? I am from near there. In, in order of attractiveness, it goes Stewart. Then Dan is a distant second, and then I am an even distanter third. But I make up for it with my charisma and on my money bags. Yeah. Yeah. Or wait, you are we talking about taller of 18? <laughs> what? Whoa, that's a plus four to his rolls. Yeah. <laughs> and but and my rolls can be anything from a twenty two year old kid just out of college sure. to an eighty five year old butler with a secret to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can play them all. So casting directors, remember Elliot Kalen, charisma eighteen for your rolls. I hope that answers your question, whatever it was. So Stuart's handsome. Yeah. He's got those crinkly things on his eyes when he yeah. smiles. He's yep. like a regular Timothy Olyphant. Oh, gross feet. They have to wear blinders when we record the show so they don't uh, <laughs> gaze upon me and then have to I tear go, their eyeballs out. I yeah, go, it's Sam so Neil. beautiful. <laughs> and then I melt. Uh, so this next uh, letter is titled, Change a Movie. I came up with a thought experiment. Can I change Getaway to something I liked? <laughs> I came up with a thought experiment. Suppose you went back in time as, let's say, a movie consultant for a movie that has already been made in the present. You have the power to change whatever you want about the movie except unmaking it in some way. It's a sort of a Sound of Thunder butterfly effect thing. What movie would you pick and what would you change? Amanda, last name withheld. Uh, what are you looking at me? I yeah. think, uh, I mean, this is just off the top of my head, so maybe there's a better one, but I would say Spider-Man 3. Uh, I loved Spider-Man 2. I liked the first Spider-Man a lot. 
I felt there was a really strong movie to be told about Spider-Man Venom and Peter Parker's becoming <clears throat> corrupted and losing sense of his responsibility. Uh, but they didn't make that movie. Instead, they made a Sandman Venom mashup up in which there's a long sequence where James Franco makes an omelet and it's only vaguely saved by the like by scene. the Tobey Maguire dance scene. I love the dance scene, but this far where they're just making an omelet, I'm like, "What is this? The fucking big chill? They're just hanging out in the kitchen, just like Spider-Man comics." No, so I think I think off the top, I can think of a better one, but in terms of contemporary movies, I'd say Spider-Man three. Uh, in a in a, uh, I, w- I would probably say the one that uh, is most obvious to me is uh, is Terminator Salvation, mm. where. I feel like they could have done something kind of interesting by focusing on the idea of like a, like a Terminator that thinks he's a man in a post-apocalyptic future. Uh, and then they threw in, like they shoehorned. It felt like the, the John Connor, Christian Bale plot was very shoehorned in. And I felt they could have made an interesting little self-contained movie with the Sam Worthington stuff, which is weird that I would be pro-Sam Worthington yeah. over Christian Bale. Very surprised. But I, I don't know. I think... Could have been more interesting. Or you know what? I'd make a separation, but like as a wacky comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh... You know, and at the end, there's like a, a chase scene through a car wash. Anyway, Dan, you were going to say? Yeah, uh, we've been pretty wait, genuine. You should throw in some jokes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the separation I would remake, uh, Wild Orchid 2, wait, Two that was Shades a, of that Blue. that was a joke? <laughs> like, I feel like they could go three, four, <laughs> even five shades of blue. <laughs> there you go. The classic Dan joke. If it's going to be about a softcore film that played on HBO late at night when he was a kid... <laughs> It's slide whistle to do. Boing. So, I, I, it's interesting that the first movie that comes to mind is like a big budget superhero action movie. I'm sure I could think of like yeah. a really worthwhile movie that I would made a somewhat of a change to. But the ones that I get really <laughs> mad at are the that where they seem like eminently they could have been better. Is the eminently changeable is the superhero movies or the big budget movies. It's because you and I have sat around daydreaming of our uh, of our superhero fantasy projects. Yeah, that... yeah, our Spider Man Hobbit crossover film. <laughs> Man, I feel like <laughs> what a porthole. Also, I, I feel like probably if the X Men could meet Star Trek, then this could happen too. Yeah, probably it's less that you want to like second guess something, and more that like I don't know, like if I had these like magic movie powers, maybe I would want to see. The Magnificent Ambersons, as, yeah, as, as Orson Welles wanted him wanted it to be. Well, that's know, the like thing. Whatever. If it's if it's something like that, then there are any number of projects that either were mangled. Not is that the Thief of Baghdad? What's that? Uh, hmm? That that animated movie by the guy who did oh the oh, cobbler well, and the oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the that's princess what that, yeah or this something like that and the thief yeah the, or like I was reading a book recently about a book from 1972 about Hollywood in the 60s and it briefly mentioned. The concept that would never go off the ground of a Custer movie made by Akira Kurosawa, and I was like, I've never heard of this before. If I have, I forgot about it, and it boggles me. He, he could make an amazing General Custer's Last Stand movie, Akira Kurosawa, and it never got made. And like, I would love to see something like that. Like, there's a number, there's a number of movies that never got made that I wish I could use powers to get them made. Yeah. You know. Terry you Gilliam's your, natural, your, your natural drive to push them forward. Mm-hmm. A day at the uh, United Nations or whatever the Marx Brothers Billy Wilder project was. Yeah, well, it probably wasn't going to be that good. Yeah, I'd still like to see it. I'd like to see it. Sure. Um. So moving on to the next letter, I have one question that's been burrowing into my brain in the desperate hopes you like would some re- kind of brain worm. Yep, like <laughs> some kind of brain drain. Yeah, some sort of Elmer. 
uh, in the desperate hopes that you would return and answer, but alas, you have not. Did Stuart ever redeem his $1 IOU from Dan following the Devil Inside download fiasco? <laughs> and if so, what did he spend the money on? I like to believe it went to support a Kickstarter campaign to finally give the Invisible Maniac the rich Criterion Edition Blu-ray release it so richly deserves. I tried to, but it didn't meet its minimum funding goal. <laughs> Yours in floppitude. And the minimum funding goal is like $57. Blake, last name withheld. Blake Lively. Well, if I recall, Lively, you're beautiful. <laughs> if I recall, uh, Elliot bought that marker off of Stewart. I think I did. Yeah. No, I thought I bought it off of. Elliot. Or maybe Stewart bought way? it off of me. No, I think Stewart bought it off of me. because yeah. he wanted power over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could hold it over Dan. Yeah. I don't think, I think, Literally, you held it over his head like mistletoe, I, and then I, kissed him. I think that there was a. Um, <laughs> well, that's the power a dollar buys me is Dan kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, we all know it. what you are, Dan. We're just negotiating over the price now. <laughs> I don't know what I did with that dollar. I could have done so many things. Spent it on luxuries, uh, glamorous ladies. I like to believe... <laughs> delicious meals. I like to believe you decided to be a, uh, a good Samaritan, a philanthropist, and you dropped it in a homeless man's cup and sure. said, collect on this. And that homeless man looked at the uh, brown-bagged liquor bottle he was holding and poured it out on the street. Because <laughs> now he knew he had a future. Yeah. And now he's living on Dan's couch. Everything. He saw a steward give him money. <laughs> I've seen everything. Yep. That's it. So so what See happened? See you later, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I just paid Stuart a dollar. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, so. I'll buy that for a dollar. Continue to the next letter, Dan. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Is What's this up? the letter or are you just saying hey? Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking for like almost an hour. I just started listening to the podcast. Welcome. It, Thanks and, for listening. And it has rapidly become one of my favorite things in the entire world. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you very much. However, oh boy, here the Roger Ebert Memorial episode desperately needed a woman to defend the sexy sexiness of Gary Oldman in The Scarlet Letter <laughs> and pretty much every movie starring Gary Oldman in the 90s. Even like I, Romeo was bleeding? I was about a he naive... He doesn't have long hair in that one. Yeah. I was but a naive teenager when I first saw The Professional... The movie that made me realize oh. what movies could be. Gary Oldman deeply affected my soul, and when I discovered the nude scene in the letter movie, my world was changed. Then I saw him in The Fifth Element. Utterly. He was stunning, <laughs> with his plastic on his head and everything. Never again would I look fondly on the 15-year-old a boys comedian. in my high school classes because I knew what a real man was. To this day, I'd watch anything he was in, including Tiptoes. Fucking Tiptoes. <laughs> Love and I mean, thanks. I want to see Tiptoes. Jen, last name with health. Well, Jen, we were actually talking during the movie about the types of actors or actresses that we had crushes on, mainly actresses, yeah. <laughs> when we were 14 <laughs> we or 15. Yeah, I can't I don't remember having, not, not that there You didn't a have a crush on Gary Oldman is I, what you're not saying. Not on Gary Oldman, on Gary Youngman. Uh, wow, okay. The baby version of Gary Oldman <laughs> from Jim Henson's Gary Oldman Babies. Anyway, yeah, we, were talk, we actually were talking about the, the actresses we had crushes on when we were like adolescents. And Dan and I, uh, you guys had some similarities, a lot of crossover. Yeah, well, I, I was not a big, to be overly sexist. I had a anything, big Christina Ricci crush. Dan, you had sure. a Winona Ryder crush. Yeah. I also had a thing from Winona Ryder. You know, your big eyed, dark, dark hair, dark, dark hair girls. Yeah, ladies. achievable girl next door types. You know, the one, but the ones who had like true. something kind of gothy <laughs> about them. Hot. Sure. You know, mixed uh, up daddy issues. Because when I was that age and into my college years, I thought that like gothy, punky girls were the kind of girls that I was into. But it turns out I don't get along with them that well. I get along with like nice people. Well, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> to, more... not to make a blanket blanket statement. <laughs> not to make a blanket statement, since I'm still friends with plenty of punky girls. But 
Uh, but uh, I feel like Gary Oldman deserves. Uh, Dan, you deserves had a big a... crush on what, like Gerard Depardieu? Why are you saying Dan looking at me? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I meant to say Stewart. Uh, yeah, I totally uh, had a big crush on Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> I'm like, could you make a man out of mashed potatoes <laughs> that I could lick all the delicious potatoes? <laughs> I wish off? he was my father, the hero. <laughs> sure. Wait, but then wait a minute. <laughs> if I had a crush on him, why would I want him to be my dad? I look. I don't know what was going on in your fucked up mind. Uh, so, Stuart, who did and who did you have a crush on? That was the thing is that I I don't maybe I have difficulty putting myself uh, back in the shoes of a fourteen year old Stuart. Maybe it's because those shoes would be really small right now. <laughs> but I always like I always remember having crushes on like older women. Mainly chesty, topless women from movies. So like B. Arthur. Yeah, mainly B. Arthur's. <laughs> B. Arthur's? The like clone your army. chesty LaRouge, your... Like, your uh, Busty Morgans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your uh, Booby McShane's. Mainly, mainly <laughs> the woman who takes her, to- her dress down at the beginning of Repossessed, starring Leslie Nielsen. Okay. <laughs> the Exorcist parody. Well, I mean, I don't remember that's the name. That's basically... Is that that's a the standard of the I don't remember the is name of... Is that an actual crush? I, don't, I have watched that <laughs> movie have a, so many times. Did you have man. an emotional connection to this woman? <laughs> yes, I did. I don't remember the name of the lead actress in... I watched actress her from in, afar and up close when I got close to the TV screen. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the lead actress in Just One of the Guys, but she was also someone I had a crush yeah, on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was the first boobs I ever saw, Dan. Why are you looking at me weird? I, no, I'm not. I understand. Everyone, I think every she was my Chitara. of a certain age. <laughs> You're Chitara. Chitara, the first woman I ever saw nude. I would, I would just like to say <laughs> I appreciate this letter from a lady listener because when I, 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 re, I get a real kick out of any letter that objectifies yeah. Any man in any way, because it makes me feel less gross as a man because myself. You, you realize there aren't just pervasoids, per, there's pervasinas. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pervasets. Oh, pervasets could work, too. Pervasinas sound more yeah. Eastern European than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> well, pervasinas are pervasets that have seen a little bit too much. Thank you, sure. thank you, pervasets. Please, pervon. And brought to you by Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> the, cho- the, 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 cho- the choice of pervasets. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I'm not one of them. The official fucking drug. <laughs> the official drug of Pervisets. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this last letter of the letter okay, segment. Dan? Yeah, I'm all right. It's titled, I have based my life on your teachings. Oh, Uh-oh. boy. And so it goes on. head of the family a lot. And Oops, I find myself. people with submarine sandwiches. <laughs> and I find myself, as they say in Britain, a young man without prospects. Uh-oh. But my question is, if the three of you could appear in any one of these three sequels, okay. which would you choose? Appear like at, we were actors or we are we're transported to the world? I don't movies? know. You can choose however you... Okay. Number one, Head of the Family 2, Even More Head. <laughs> Number two, Invisible, Invisible Maniac 2, T-O-O. Number three, Castle Freak 2, The Freakening. That's from Sweet Pea Garfunkel. <laughs> I, I imagine Stuart being in uh, Castle Freak 2 and forcing the Castle Freak at gunpoint to rip his ding dong off. <laughs> it's going to happen in this movie. Well, the thing also about Castle Freak is similar to a lot of actors. I would probably pick that movie because it's being shot in a castle in lovely Eastern Europe. Yeah. Which, I mean, come on. Like, I get a free tr- trip to Europe? Why not? You get to work with Stuart Gordon. Yeah. That would be amazing. But I would imagine if it's a sequel, I'd probably be working with Brian Yuzna, which would still be amazing. <laughs> it would yeah. still be cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what about you? I think I would choose uh, Head of the Family 2 uh, in the hopes that Jacqueline Lavelle would uh, reprise her role. Re- yeah, return. that makes sense. I think I'd do Invisible Maniac And too. I'd like to find out what happened to Myron, how he got how he got all th- through the uh, house burning down and whatnot. Because <laughs> I love 
movies that have T-O-O in the title <laughs> instead of the number two. Sure. And also, because finally I could achieve my dream of killing someone with a submarine sandwich. <laughs> Interesting. Would you be like the uh, like the student of the Invisible Maniac? Like he whispers in your ear and tells you what to do? I or? think it's going to be like Zapped 2, where I find his formula like hidden in a wall somewhere. Okay. And then I use it to do basically the same stuff the that they did in the first same movie. Thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to, to, to wreak some extra zapped on the universe. <laughs> yep. Now they never made Zapped Three uh, Oblivion, <laughs> but you know, I guess that was in the it was in the makings, and uh, I think and that's Neil Jordan they was going to make it. It's where they would choose Oblivion because Oblivion lends itself naturally to a fourth, to a fourth, no, no, like Phantasm Four. They were trying to break the rules of Oblivion's. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's actually, like it's the called, movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise, which is the fourth movie <laughs> with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's called Zapped Three: The Search for Spock. <laughs> So uh, this is the last segment of the show. Oh, so sad. It's like the end of Saturday Night Live where they're all dancing with the mm-hmm. music. And they're like, good night, everybody. Ding, ding, and they're ding, hugging and ding, you're like, they probably have a lot of fun ding. times together. They're hugging oh, with the credits oh. and it's like they're saying to you, we're having a fun party that you're not invited to. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on your couch and wondering where your night went. You, you could, could watch. You could be hugging Bono right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're 14 years old and it's Saturday night and you don't have any friends. We have lots of friends. Look at this. I'm hugging the star of some TV show you don't watch. You could have been hanging out with girls and doing all kinds of drugs. Yeah, but nope. Instead, you're not at SNL. Uh, but this segment is less cool than that. It's we just, recommend stuff. This is a segment where we recommend things movies. you can do with your Saturday nights, dudes. What? Well, uh, this is a segment where we recommend well, a movie. Watch Snick, I guess, right? That you <laughs> might like to watch, <laughs> unlike Getaway. I think Pinwheel's on at that point. Yeah, yeah. Pinwheel After Dark. <laughs> sure. Oh, no. <laughs> Is there a movie you would like to recommend, Stuart? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a, a little-known movie to give it a little bit of support. It's called uh, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Smaug. 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 It's me, Smaug. <laughs> the cat uh, dragon. <laughs> like the bad guy in the Smacks comic? Yeah. It's <laughs> also my go-to <laughs> reference for a cat dragon. What if he fought the dog luck dragon from the Neverending Story? Well, I think the the dragon from Smacks would win because it's like a giant nuclear like, bomb. Yeah. He has like magic number powers. Yeah. yeah. Fractal and whatnot. Um, so I'm going to recommend the, Hobbit, the, the latest Hobbit movie. I am... Re- well, it's tough because I love it. It falls into the Only God Forgives category for me because it's a movie that I love. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes of Ryan Gosling looking at stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and... I have a very deep relationship with these movies, and I don't know if anyone actually, anyone else actually would enjoy it as much as me, but just there's moments in the movie that give me actual, like, joy laughter, which there's very few movies that come out nowadays that actually do that Yeah, for that me. break through your hardened exterior. Well, I'll tell you something. I watched it with Stuart. I did not like Only God for Yevs. I know both of you liked it. I apologize. Yeah, I you didn't watch it with us in a theater full of film students. Yeah. And I also did not like the first Hobbit movie, despite loving all of the Lord of the Rings which I, movies. Which I still love. But I really had a good time with Desolation of Smog hmm. with, with Stu. So. Yeah, I mean, I've, I... So you recommend seeing the movie with Stuart? Yeah, I, you should, I, I recommend should see it with me. hanging out with him. I'll grab their arm. I'll tell you stories. You totally grab my arm <laughs> a lot of the time. We'll get a fire going. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie that uh, <laughs> that uh, instead of the, instead of Getaway, why don't you watch the Getaway, the Sam the Sam Peckinpah movie, the first one, starring yeah, it's uh, a big Steve McQueen, yeah. And I'll tell starring you something: Yasmin Bleeth and Dustin Diamond. I'll be totally honest <laughs> with you. 
I don't remember a shitload about this movie. <laughs> but I remember that I liked it, and I remember that it was a movie called The Getaway. <laughs> wow. That was good. What's Steve McQueen's character's name? <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve McQueen. McQueen? <laughs> so what do they do in the movie? They get away <laughs> from something. <laughs> from something. So it could be anything. Could be a giant feel, spider. Feel could bad be a could be an epidemic. Like, could be a bad marriage. I've seen a shit ton of movies in my time. I just remember that this was a good one. That's what uh, I gotta say. I feel bad it. that I remember scenes from the shitty The Getaway remake with mm-hmm. uh, Kim Basinger and Mostly Alex Baldwin the better. Fucking, like, the nude scenes, yeah. The, yeah. I remember those way better. The and the James scenes. Wood scenes. The nude scenes. Yeah, the new James Wood scenes. It's like some kind of iguana is naked. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any movies recently that I really liked a lot, and so to make up for that, and to make up for Dan's basically uh, just giving you the name of a movie and no other information, I think I'm going to recommend three <laughs> movies. Hold on to your hats. Three. First, I'm, you know, this was a bad car chase movie. You know it was a good car chase movie? Ronin, directed by John Frankenheimer. Sure. It's a strange little movie in that uh, the plot is deliberately opaque. It's a bunch of people who are supposed to steal a thing. You don't really find out what the thing is. You don't find out a lot about the people. But uh, there's a certain uh, stylish coolness to it. Uh, it's one of the last movies where Robert De Niro seemed to give a shit about what he was doing. And the car chase in it, the car chases in it are fantastic. I saw that movie in college with my college roommate, and when the the first shot of Nice comes up on the screen, but before they actually have, you know, they give you where it takes place, they say Nice at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. I just remember him in a very stoned drawl saying, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then it came up on the screen. It was pretty amazing. Well, but anyway, there's good car chases in that. Um, I'm going to recommend another Sam Peckinpah movie that I may have recommended before, but I'm not sure if I did, called The Ballad of Cable Hogue. Uh, which is kind of a light comedy drama with Jason Robards as a drifter in the Old West who discovers a watering hole out in the desert and turns it into a little business. Uh, And it's surprisingly sweet for a Sam Peckinpah movie. There's a lot of wistfulness to it, and there's a fantastic scene where he sees the female lead. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I apologize. The female lead's cleavage. She's a, a prostitute in town that he falls in love with, and he and then he's kind of like almost dazed by it, and they're saying goodbye, and flashes of the image of her cleavage are kind of not quick enough to be subliminal, but not long enough to be full shots flashing on the screen as he sees her walk away, and it's such a brilliant capturing of what it's like when you <laughs> catch a glimpse of a woman's cleavage <laughs> briefly, like where it's just popping up in your mind a lot. Like there's something very honest about that moment, but also funny. That I really like and didn't expect from a Sam Peckinpah movie. And you said there was a like a great car chase in that movie. There is not. A character does get run over by a car, but it's not a car chase. <laughs> uh, so Ronin is the car chase movie. Uh, the Ballad of Cable Hogue is the Sam Peckinpah movie. And then I'll recommend just a movie that's about as far away from Getaway as I can possibly get, which is the 1940 film version of Our Town with William Holden, okay. which is a huh? Which is a which is our town. If you're not familiar, it's a fantastic play about kind of life, death, and the eternal qualities of human existence, as shown in a very tiny turn of the century American town. And it's very beautifully done. And they actually change the ending from the play a little bit, but in a way that works very well for the movie. 
and it's just a really good movie, and I think it's in the public domain, so you can buy like probably like a three dollar video cassette of it. So uh, our town, <laughs> yep, that's, that's, you can play it in your forty dollar video cassette player. <laughs> go back in town, go back in time, and get a VCR. Yeah, go uh, to the general store. So Ronin, The Ballad of Cable Hogue, and Our Town. If you can't find a movie that you like in one of those three, then I don't know if we can be friends. Or Dan or my recommendations. Yeah, come on. I'm just saying I ran the gamut, in theaters buddy. now. <laughs> Ours. No, yours. Yours is the only recommendation that's in theaters now. Then get over there and watch that shit, dude. It's great. It's got a fucking dragon in it, man. The dragon fucks? (laughs) Uh, In a way. It's hard for me to put into words. So (laughs) it's been a great year, guys. It has. This is our last episode of 2013. And Mm -hmm. let's just say, what were you going to say, Stuart? I was just going to thank everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you. 2013, I feel like, is a year we exploded. As of in terms of listenership, <laughs> oh god, that's god. terrible. No, but like I was looking at our numbers on the of downloads, and from the beginning of the year to now, it's been a real big shoot up into the stratosphere. I want to thank all our listeners, and I want to thank the AV Club, uh, Parade Magazine, Entertainment Weekly for all supporting us, and most importantly. You, you. want to th- you want to thank us? Yeah, well, the no, other wait. guys in the flophouse. No, no, I don't want to thank you guys. Oh, uh, wait a minute. No, thanks, Stuart and Dan, for do- putting this podcast together so I could jump on it and propel it to stardom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but thanks to the listeners for pushing us yeah. and uh, really. It's like really a really fucking, us. you're like fucking Urkel. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you're the breakout character. Yep. Yep. And I was. It's like. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, you're a fucking Urkel, the character from Family Splatters, <laughs> <laughs> the porno Which version is. of that show. <laughs> All right. Carl Winslow. Hot Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah. You guys are grossing me out, so I think we need to shut but, it down. So, but uh, Dan, do you want to thank the listeners for anything? Uh, sure. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening and supporting us. We've got a lot of great boosters out there, and it's meant a lot yeah. to us. Okay, so... 2013's uh, been a big year. 2014's going to be even yeah. bigger. double size episodes. super size episodes. Flophouse in the Isles. Flophouse live tour. Those things will not happen. <laughs> but we'll uh, have some stuff. Yeah. No, no I, try, I very much appreciate uh, the way that we've blown up, um, <laughs> all based on fans. Like, I don't think that we've actually, like... We, what about all the money we spent to blow up? Yeah, that's the thing. We we have no, not. We just bought a lot of. We have not all pushed, the TNT. We have no publishers. We have not pushed uh, ourselves out in the media. But um, I think the fans have really uh, pushed us out there. And thank you all for listening. And uh, I appreciate it. And I uh, hope that 2014 is even better. So uh, we should probably sign. Let's off. not get crazy. For the flop house, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. <laughs> and not forgetting my name, I'm Elliot <laughs> Kalen. Good night, everybody. Good night. There's a new trend among young people, Mike knocking. They find someone named Mike and they knock him over. Sure. Just when you thought your microphones were safe, tune in at 10 to find out what might be happening with teens. Where are your microphones? <laughs> Film at 11. <laughs> All right. Um... It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your microphone is? Is it been knocked? If it, <laughs> let me explain what that would be, though. Knock, knock. Who's there? A microphone that's not standing up anymore. Hi, I'm Brent Dilby of <laughs> Channel, 19, Dilby. Channel 19 Investigative News. And Dilby's got him. Turn on Dilby's got him. 
Mic knocking. <laughs> it's afflicting microphones across the So my, my microphone was pointed at my mouth for a minute. Then Dan just knocked it aside. We talked to Jethro. Oh, wait, he just did it again. We talked to Jethro Scoob <laughs> of, of the local radio station. Now, Mr. Scoob, do you know who, mic'd, who knocked your mic? It was Dan. He was right there. He's looking at me right now. All right, let's... In... Improv exercise. Over.